This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. What should you expect from your next IT security examination? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Philip Hinkle. He's the Chief IT Security Examiner with the Texas Department of Banking. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate you inviting me. To start out, why don't you tell us a little bit about your own banking experience and your current role with the Texas Department of Banking, please? Well, I started initially working in IT security about 30 years ago, and of course, that's, a lot has changed since then. Uh, and I've uh, worked some with FDIC Divisional Liquidation for a few years during the banking crisis of the 80s, and worked some with uh, First Interstate Bank in, in Denver. Uh, for some, uh, uh, some of their troubled assets back in that period of time. And I've been working with the Texas Department of Banking for a little over 20 years now, and most of that's uh, been related to IT security examination. Um, we we uh, are the state banking regulatory agency, and we charter about 315 banks ranging in size from approximately $60 billion in total assets to as small as uh, $4 million in, in assets. But... I've been in my current role as the Chief IT Security Examiner for about six years. Uh, in this position, I manage and direct our IT examinations of the banks we charter. And we have eight uh, full-time IT security examiners, and we require all of them to be CISA certified, which is an internationally recognized certification uh, related to information security. Well, really, you've had a chance to see this role grow up. I'd be curious as what you see as the primary role or roles of the IT security exam. Well, in, in some respects, it hasn't changed a lot over, over the years other than the details. Uh, there are multiple roles and objectives for, for the exam, but the primary one is to ensure that the bank has adequate safeguards in place to protect uh, not just customer information, but also corporate information as well. And uh, these safeguards include not just protecting the confidentiality of the information, but also ensuring that the information is, is available when it's needed. In Texas, we have a large coastal region that is subject to hurricane threats and also a large plains region that's subject to tor tornadoes. So part of this objective is ensuring that the banks have adequate disaster recovery plans uh, that they test regularly. But uh, another important objective is helping ensure that management is informed of current security trends and threats. We utilize FDIC examination procedures, and we also uh, ensure that banks are following FFIC guidance. And we find that the FFIC guidance is what helps keep a lot of our bankers informed of uh, some current threats, and without question, a very real challenge for the banking industry and regulators as well as keeping pace with the changing risks. So we try and have a dialogue regarding those when we're meeting with the banks because they're on the front line and they're seeing threats often uh, before we're, we're aware of them. Philip, what would you say are some of the common misconceptions about IT security examinations? Well, there, there's a couple of misconceptions. I, I'd say the biggest one, though, is that our examinations are full-scope IT security audits. While we do some testing of controls to ensure that the controls are functioning, we don't test all controls, and our scope of review is more narrow than an audit. As a matter of fact, probably one of our key sources of information to evaluate the, the security that a bank has is their own audit. 
GLBA or um, Gramm-Leach-Bliley Act requires that all important controls be tested or audited uh, to make sure they're functioning. So if a bank has a full-scope IT security audit and it's by a qualified firm and it's relatively recent, uh, then we're going to rely on those findings of that audit for at least some portion of our examination. We don't want to be burdening the bank by staying longer or testing or evaluating the same things that, uh, that they've all, or already had tested and evaluated independently. Uh, another misconception is that our IT security examiners have to write something up or that they can't complete an exam without saying that the bank is doing something wrong. And most of our larger banks realize that isn't the case, but it's still a situation we run into in some of the smaller banks. And the reality is that most banks are doing a good job of information security, and it has significantly improved in the banking industry over the last five years. And part of that comes about through GLBA having been passed and more emphasis and awareness of the need for it. But our agency, like most institutions, it's stretched for resources. So we can complete an examination quickly, write a report that essentially says there's no major findings, then uh, that's better for us, and we're not going to you know, just be looking for something to put in a report and write up about, uh, about a bank. What would you say, then, are your most common findings in your investigations? Well, there isn't one common finding that's just real prevalent, but there are several that show up with, with some frequency. Uh, vendor management issues are one. Uh, we're, we're finding that the annual reviews of the vendors are sometimes just too superficial. The review is uh, of the vendor's financial statement, and maybe it's just reviewed at someone's desk, and there's no uh, write-up regarding uh, some other important factors that, that maybe should have been reviewed, such as has the vendor had its own IT security audit, or if the vendor has tested their disaster recovery plans. Um, and, and what should be reviewed is going to vary from vendor to vendor, so there there needs to be more more uh, formal process by the bank as to what they need to monitor on each vendor. Um, another finding that occurs is the, the need for better segregation of duties with wire transfer controls. And although there, although insider abuse of wire transfer is extremely rare and banks have multiple safeguards against it, uh, abuse in that area can cause a lot of damage to a bank. So we evaluate those controls uh, very closely at every examination. Usually when we're finding segregation of duty problem, it has to do with uh, reassignment of employees uh, from the prior year. So the bank just needs to go back and uh, reevaluate or tweak the, the duties a little bit that they're having. Uh, another item that pops up probably with the greatest frequency, though, is um, uh, the need for the information security risk assessment to be updated. Threats and risks are always changing, and, and that needs to be updated, at least during the uh, annual review. Philip, I'm going to ask you about account takeover. It's been an issue that's plagued institutions across the country. There have been some in Texas, certainly, that have been victims to this. What are you uncovering most commonly in your exams regarding account takeover? Well, uh, and that is correct. There have been several in Texas, and I'm sure all across the United States there are, there are those that ne never make the press. Uh, and we consider corporate account takeovers to represent a significant threat to the banking industry in general um, because it has the potential to undermine public confidence in the banking system, and it can create a very high reputation risk for individual institutions. 
What we're finding, though, is that most of our larger banks are already implementing layers of security to address the threat. But we're also finding that too many smaller banks just simply don't have sufficient awareness of the threat, and the public or their customers uh, also have a very low awareness of it as well. What do you find that financial institutions of any size can be doing now to reduce the incidence of account takeover? Well, first and foremost, they have to develop a plan to address the threat. If they don't focus attention on this growing threat, uh, the bank and its customers will be vulnerable. Uh, as everyone knows, there's no single control that can effectively protect uh, both the bank system as well as the customer systems. And it's uh, often the weak link in the, the whole payment stream is the customer's computer system. But certainly educating their high-risk customers is, is an important step for banks to take. Uh, the banks also need to be evaluating some options for protecting against this threat that works for them and for their customer. Um, stronger authentication is talked about quite a bit, but it's simply one option in layered security, and, and it's by no means a silver bullet. Uh, automated or manual monitoring of high-risk transaction is, is a very important control option that needs to be considered by, by all banks. Um, in addition to educating their customers, banks should also be educating and training their own employees to detect when an account hijacking might actually be occurring. Uh, early detection is critical to blocking unauthorized transactions. Um, once, once they're detected, uh, the bank has to have plans for responding to an account hijacking. Uh, they need a full response within minutes, uh, rapid response is probably the most critical thing in uh, trying to prevent, uh, prevent significant loss. Um, and this includes uh, knowing how to reach their customers after hours and how to best retrieve any unauthorized transaction before the money gets further transferred to the point that it, it can't be retrieved uh, at all. And, and since, since the need of each bank and customer, uh, since these are different, developing and implementing the plans fairly complicated, particularly for some of the smaller banks that uh, don't hear about this as much and uh, aren't aware of uh, controls that can, can be put into place while, while the industry waits for vendors to develop more robust uh, automated security. But, but the threat needs focused attention at each bank by senior management. So that's probably the first and foremost thing they need to do is ha have a plan uh, and an awareness level by senior management. Just to follow up on that, Philip, we've been talking about account takeover for almost two years now. What progress have you seen in that time by some of the financial institutions you encounter? Among the larger ones, they're, they're clearly putting into place some type of uh, transaction monitoring. Uh, some of it is, is manual, though, uh, because, again, vendors haven't caught up uh, completely. And there are a number of vendors, though, who are stepping up to the plate on it. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing that is probably the most, uh, probably the biggest control that really helps mitigate the risk. But all of that has been put into place because those institutions have have a, a plan. Most of them have a three-step plan to protect, uh, detect, and respond um, uh, against corporate account takeover, and, and they've implemented that at a at a high level of management. As you say, with some of the smaller institutions, this is still a challenge. Absolutely, uh, and part of it is uh, they have often a fewer number of customers that are at risk, and, and in some cases, 
um, that makes it actually easier for them to to address the issue. But uh, but I, they they need an awareness level of it. Many of the smaller banks, the uh, CEOs are wearing one hat and or multiple hats, and they're one person, and they have just a a large number of uh, issues crossing their desk. So it's difficult for them to uh, take something that can be as challenging as this and uh, and focus on it. Well, final question for you, Philip. If you can offer advice to institutions of all sizes, how best can they prepare for their next next IT security exam? Well, there's several things they can do, but the foundational element is having a corporate culture of security from the top down. Uh, it, it has to be adopted by senior management. Once that we find that once that occurs, everything else begins to fall into place year after year. Uh, the world has changed, and IT security just can't be an afterthought. It, it, it has to be an integrated aspect of bank operations. So ha- having a, uh, a culture of security will help prepare for audits and examinations. But if a bank is wanting to know what's the most important thing they can do specifically for, say, a, an upcoming exam in a few months, they should ensure that their prior examination and audit findings have been corrected. Uh, there's nothing that gets our attention faster than unresolved problems. Um, so uh, if they have a formal tracking system that's reviewed at least quarterly, that's going to help ensure that each exception or finding from the prior audit uh, or examination has been, been corrected. Uh, the, the final thing that really helps in preparing for an audit is, again, sort of a broad, uh, a broad preparation measure, and that is having a qualified firm conduct regular IT security audits. And this includes having general controls reviews, vulnerability assessments, and penetration tests. Um, so banks that have good audit coverage and that correct their audit and prior examination findings have the shortest IT examinations with the fewest recommendations by the examiners. Philip, that's excellent insight. I appreciate your time and your thoughts today. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. We've been talking about IT security examinations. We've been talking with Philip Hinkle, the Chief IT Security Examiner for the Texas Department of Banking. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.